I've always said this. My three passions are uh, football, soccer, high performance. Obviously, if it's in soccer, doing it to the best of my ability. If it's in school, if it's on the day-to-day, doing it to the best of my ability. Welcome, everyone, to the 209 Journey podcast. I'm your host, Luis Urbano. And first of all, I want to thank everyone for listening to any of the episodes that I put up. This is episode 30, and I'm beyond grateful for all the listens that I've seen come through for anyone who's viewed the videos on YouTube, on the podcast episodes, and who subscribes to the show, follows us on social media. All that is really great, and that's the reason why I am now here recording 30 episodes and I hope to continue to record a lot more. And as y'all know, my goal is to reach 500 followers on the Instagram page for the 209 Journey. So if you haven't followed it yet, go check it out at the 209 Journey. I want to keep doing Instagram lives whenever there's events going on in the area. And I'll be posting every time a new episode gets posted, just as y'all have seen. So it's a really great way for you to find out about new episodes. You can also subscribe to the show wherever you're listening to it right now. You can get notified and usually they notify you within an hour, two hours of the episode being posted too. So it's a really great way to be able to listen to the show when it comes out. So on today's episode is Ozzy Ramos. He is a professional soccer player. He plays in the midfield position. He was born in Modesto and he moved to series when he was 11 or 12. He also went to San Diego State, played for a couple of teams over there and is currently a midfielder for Central Valley Fuego, who plays in USL League One. Really looking forward to hearing more about his story, about how he became a pro soccer player, and also what he's doing currently in the area with 209 football training. So we'll definitely be talking about that. So welcome to the 209 journey, Ozzy. How's it going, man? Uh, It's going good, man. It's going good. Um, Obviously, enjoying the preseason here in Fresno so far. Yeah, I'm glad to hear that. I can't wait for you guys to start your season. I know it's a little less than a month away and you guys get to play against Pachuca from Mexico, which is really awesome, right? When you get the chance to play against a Mexican pro team. Totally, totally. No, it's uh, a few days before that we start off the season. So obviously that's the first most important thing. Uh, But then obviously when you get to uh, test yourself against um, what is, could be arguably the best team in Mexico. They just won the Liga MX last season, so uh, that'll be fun. Yeah, yeah, that's a big challenge, Yeah, being that they, they were just champions. And I'm glad they come out here to the Valley and that we're still getting those games. I know back when we had Fresno FC and also uh, the old Fresno Fuego, right? Like, we would yeah. get some of those matchups too. So, uh, you know, it's awesome that they are coming back over here and letting the people here in the Valley be able to watch that game. Without a doubt, without a doubt. I know you were born in Modesto, just as I was too, so that's, that's really awesome to hear. Uh, but tell me more about what it was like for you growing up here in Modesto and then when you made the move out to series. Yeah, so, I mean, I was young. I was young. I was, um, I think, 11, 12 years old uh, when my family moved from, uh, we lived in, like, West Side Modesto, uh, kind of like, uh, well, the school that me and my brother uh, went to was Robertson Road. Uh, elementary and yeah I mean it was a transition it was a transition to series I think uh, obviously 
having a twin brother makes, I guess, all the transitions easy because um, you always have somebody that you're going to school with and all this stuff and you're going everywhere with. Uh, but it was a good experience. It was a good experience. Uh, I think looking back at my childhood and where I grew up, there there's challenges. There's challenges like there is uh, anywhere. But um, luckily, I had parents that uh, maybe were a little a little stern on both my brother and I, and, and I think they they helped they helped guide us. They helped guide us in uh, not letting us just steer off into distractions that I think uh, younger younger crowds can get uh, geared onto. Yeah, no, that's really important, right? I mean, it starts with parents and. You know, I'm glad that they did that. And, you know, that's that's why you are where you're at now, right? And what, what you, you've had an awesome career. Well, I want to get right into that, too. And, you know, tell us more about, like, what sparked your interest in playing soccer and how it was like for you, like, to play here before you moved out to college. Yeah, so, I mean, I'm going to take it straight back to, uh, if this is, a, this is a 209 journey, let's go back to the 209. And I think uh, I... When I lived in uh, in Modesto, we had a – it was like a courtyard, I guess. Uh, it was like a U-shaped, and there was just houses in, in this little U-shape, eight houses. They're all the same. I guess maybe an underprivileged neighborhood, uh, if we want to put it that way. But obviously, as a kid, you don't think of those things. You just uh, – obviously, you go to school. Uh, you get out of school at 3 o'clock, whatever, and then – you do a little homework or whatever, and then after that, it's from four o'clock till the sun comes down that you're playing. Uh, for me, it was either with my twin brother or with all the neighbors, and uh, that's that's one of my that's one of my favorite childhood memories for sure. Just right after school, every single day, going outside and playing with my neighbors who were maybe five, six years older than me, and uh, my dad after he would get home from work. Uh, all the neighbors would ask for him to go out and train with us. Not train, it was just play. Because we would just, you know, we would use two uh, trees as <laughs> as a goal. And you hit the neighbor's plants and you break windows and all that stuff. And obviously, it's, it's good memories. It's good memories. But for me, that's, I always, uh, I guess, attribute that uh, as my start where... It was just, it's just fun. It's just, I guess the the inner child in you that's just you're going out because you you love the ball and you you wanna you wanna have fun. You wanna have fun with your friends, and yeah. So it was. We moved to series. We moved to series when I was around, like I said, 11, 12. and at that time uh, I was playing for a local club. I was playing for a local club. Uh, in the area and we played some kind of regional tournament and uh team in San Jose. Um they they saw me play. I think we must have lost seven one or something like that. Oh. But they saw something in me. They saw, saw something in me. Actually I think uh, if we're at it right now, just super quick, rest in peace. But David Ortiz, uh he just passed away a few days ago. Uh he's my godfather and uh he's actually the one that uh he saw, he saw something in me. He saw something in me, and obviously, I'm super grateful. Uh, he for a year, for a year or so, my family and I uh, would go every weekend to San Jose, and just nothing but good memories. It was uh, it was a good opportunity for me to play with uh, a different competition, uh, 
maybe a higher level of competition, uh, different tournaments in LA, San Diego, uh, the Bay Area, just exposure to different uh, different competition. And then from there, this they, they started a club here in the area. Um, this man, uh, J.R. Maldonado, uh, he started a club, Milan FC. Uh, I had already trained with him a few times, uh, but I was very happy. I was very happy with, um, with playing out in San Jose, but some reason or another it just happened where uh my family came into a financial situation where we couldn't uh go anymore to the bay area for trainings for games or any of that and this this was the opportunity i mean i really had no option my dad just said this is what you're gonna do and uh roll with it so it, it, it jr i mean i'm still very close with him uh he opened up a lot of doors for me a lot of doors for me uh as a youth in terms of uh, introducing me to professional environments, introducing me to, uh, I guess the college games and more importantly, I think uh, the mentorship aspect, I think that's, uh, that's one of the biggest things that I, uh, that I'm, that I take away from uh, JR. I think I learned a lot. I learned a lot from him, not only on the soccer side of it, because he always did something different where uh, many of the clubs, many of my friends in the area that I would ask, uh, obviously at school, uh, you, you talk to your friends, you talk to your buddies that are playing for different teams in the area. And they're like, Oh, we ran a lot. We, we did a lot of conditioning yesterday, blah, blah, blah. And I'm like, dude, my coach, he never makes us, he never makes us run. We do everything with the ball, everything with the ball, everything with the ball. And I'm like, this guy's doing something different. So for me, that's, it, it changed the way that I like from, uh, I guess from a young age, it, it changed the way I saw the game. And it's like, it's still in a way, the way I see football, obviously maybe more, more in depth, more in detail, but it sticks. The, the basic is the same. Like it's the ball, it's the player and the ball, and especially for younger ages where I think it can get easily confused that you, it's easy to put a, a million cones and it looks like, uh, maybe like cool, but it looks cool for Instagram and all that, you know, but uh, in reality, it's the ball and the player. I think it's the, the number one relationship, you know? And yeah, from, from there, um, I think uh, I spent, I spent some time at Pachuca, which is funny enough that we, uh, oh. uh, we're going to play them soon. Uh, I spent some time at Pachuca's Academy. Uh, I spent some time training with San Luis's first team. And then college came about college came about. I remember uh, one night, uh, Coach Junior, Coach JR, he goes to my house uh, some random day and he tells me, look, because I had a, an offer on the table from, I, I was already going to head off to San Luis in December. And he tells me, look, this, there's this opportunity, this coach uh, from college, uh, San Diego State, he wants to talk to you and just to see see what it's about. Just give him a call and see what it's about. So I, know, I, I give him a call. Uh, I Honestly, I didn't even know what college soccer was. I didn't even know college soccer was a thing. So I get on the call. We talk. Uh, tells me about his program. Tells me he saw me play at the Surf Cup and that he'd be interested in having me as one of his recruits, uh, one of his top recruits or whatever. So a lot of hard thinking, a lot of conversations with my family. And one thing that I appreciate from my family for sure is uh, maybe it's, I, I, I don't know uh, if it's like a, like a first uh first generation kind of thing that many people can relate to where maybe sometimes uh, parents don't necessarily know 
So they leave it up to you. And I think that's, for me, that's what's made me, me, I guess, uh, just a lot of uh, being able to make decisions on your own. And I'm really glad that uh, my parents, uh, it, maybe they didn't have the right information, but they always try to support. They always try to support and uh, allow me to fall, to make mistakes, to 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 do things right, to to just experience, make the decisions on my own. Because I think uh, from that, uh, a lot of what I've taken is just ownership, owning up to things that I do well, owning up to things that I don't do well. And I'm going to sidetrack off a little bit here, but mm-hmm. even today at training, uh, straight up, I, I lost in one, of the, in one of the training games. My group lost. We were doing a 3v3, and my group lost because of a silly mistake uh, that occurred. And I walked, I, when, when co- the coach blew the whistle, I walked off and I kicked, uh, I kicked this caution thing. I guess this marker thing that was out and I broke it and it, we're using a, a facility that is not ours. And immediately I, I, t- I thought to myself, I was like, like, damn, like, I can't do that. Like I, I messed up, you know? So the owner of the facility, he came up to me, he told me, Hey, you cannot do that. And I told him, you're right. I'm sorry. I'll pay for it. You know, and it's not to excuse myself. And I taught, I, I just got off the phone with him maybe 30, 40 minutes ago and off my own self, I'm going to replace it. And I, I apologize to him. And uh, it's just, you have to take ownership of your actions, good, bad, or neutral. You know what I mean? And yeah, so I, I attribute that a lot to my parents, uh, just uh, allowing me to, to fail, to make those decisions uh, on my own. And yeah, so it came to that. It came to college, making a decision for college and uh, college or go to San Luis uh, uh, to uh, on a contract there. And I mean, I decided I decided that look, I'm gonna be able to do call. I'm gonna be able to do school. Which school I was I was pretty good at. Uh, I was a four O student uh, in high school. Uh, it was something that I mean, even today, uh, I'm I'm finishing up my degree right now because it's something that's it's important to me to have and. Uh, education i think education has uh allowed me to not not fall into distractions i guess to not to not fall into the distractions that uh sometimes are easy to get into as uh uh and i think this would be maybe a message for the younger crowds that there's uh there's obviously there's the parties there's the there's so many distractions that uh you name them you know that are easy to fall into ah my buddy's doing this uh my buddy's doing that but uh just being able to uh, take ownership of your own actions, and uh, just because somebody is doing this, like no, like I, I get to make my own decisions, you know. So yeah, um, I end up making the decision to to go to San Diego State. I go there. I spend a year and a half there, two seasons, and after the second season, um, I had already in the back of my head uh, that I wanted to transfer, just because I think school wise, um, living in San Diego, it was always my dream. Uh, and I'm very happy I got to do it, but soccer wise, I think I needed a different challenge. Hmm. I wanted to win. I like to win. And I didn't see myself doing that at San Diego state. And I had a friend, I had a roommate that, uh, he transferred to, he was my roommate freshman year. He transferred to, uh, Seattle university. Hmm. And for me, Seattle university had just beat UCLA in the, I think, uh, first or second round of the NCAAs. And they had just ranked Seattle U as the number one team in the West Coast, 
or whatever. And I was just like, okay, that's the school that I want to go to. And mm-hmm. I saw them play a few games and I was like, aha, their style, you know, I, I, I like their style. I like their style of play. And I think I would fit right in. I, I called my buddy. I was like, hey, what do you think about this? I end up going on a visit. Uh, we make it happen. Seattle U, spend another year and a half there, two seasons, uh, end up winning a championship there. Uh, mm-hmm. I get what I needed from that experience. And then uh, after that, obviously, I always had in the back of my head, I, I'm going to play professional no matter what. And it was that was in itself another experience. I think it was rough in the beginning. I, I trained with Sounders too for a while. I did some preseasons at, at uh, some USL championship clubs. And uh, until it broke through, it broke through. And uh, that happened to me at uh, San Diego 1904. Um and for me, that was, uh, I got thrown in there with maybe eight youth national team players, uh, all young guys, though, all young guys. And uh, they they selected me to be their captain. And for me, that was like, boom, it's your first professional year, but you have to, boom, you have to take, again, what we spoke about ownership. You have to take ownership of not only yourself and your performances, but also the rest of the groups. Uh, uh, not only during the games, but day in, day out. Uh, how's the training environment? How is the uh, locker room? How How is all, the, like, getting yourself out of maybe your own head and not just focusing on yourself, but also focusing on uh, those people around you. And for me, being a family of five, growing up with a twin brother, it's always, it's never, it's never about just yourself. It's, uh, how can I maybe lend a hand to my brother? How can he lend mm-hmm. me a hand? You know, like, we help each other. And to this day, we still do. So I think for me, maybe that wasn't that hard because it's it's something that's always been a been a part of me uh, in wanting to wanting to lend a hand to help others. Uh, so I guess that transition in terms of becoming the captain right away and uh, trying to guide and lead a team. Uh, it wasn't so hard. And then on the soccer side of it, which for me, I've always said this, my three passions are uh, football, soccer, high performance. Obviously, if it's in soccer, doing it to the best of my ability. If it's in school, if it's on the day-to-day, doing it to the best of my ability. And three, uh, values. I think uh, values are super important to me because I realize that soccer as a player, it's not going to be there forever. Mm-hmm. Um, eventually, I'm going to have to say no more, no more as a player, eventually. Mm-hmm. Hopefully it's uh, far from today, uh, but you never know. You never know. It's mm-hmm. uh, with this sport, you're an injury away. You're, it's in, tomorrow's never promised. Tomorrow's never promised. Mm-hmm. So uh, with that, 1904 was a great experience. 1904 was a great experience in that uh, Alex's project, uh, Demba, Demba Boss project, uh, it was about development. So as a first year pro, you're going to make mistakes. You're going to make mistakes and how you bounce back, how you grow from those. Uh, those are, it's, that's what's the most important. And Alex, he was big on that. He was big on uh, uh, most of his training sessions were all about, it, it wasn't necessarily about getting the next result, which for me, I always had these conversations with him. Like, why are we doing this? Why are we doing that? Mm-hmm. And he encouraged it, which is for me, it allowed me to, I guess to ask a lot of questions, mm-hmm. ask a lot of questions and uh, learn, learn more than anything. And uh, a lot of his thing was, um, which I still to this day, 
which we'll get to it a little more later on about uh, my coaching stuff. But a lot of what I try to do is based off what I learned from Alex and Demba mm. and those guys, uh, which was a lot of self-exploration, self uh, kind of making decisions on your own, mm. which is, uh, I guess, a lot of what I've uh, what I've attributed uh, my my career, my journey. And yeah, from 1904, I get a uh, COVID happens, COVID happens. And uh, obviously they cancel the season. I come back home, spend some months just training on my own, just, just wondering what's like, when's, when's the season going to reboot again? When, when is it going to happen again? Is it going to happen? Is it not going to happen? What am I going to do next? So I have a friend uh, in, uh, in the Turlock area, in the Merced area. Uh, he tells me, look, there's this uh, this thing is happening in Mexico. They're going to revamp a new league, the Atletico Jalisco project and all that stuff. Uh, I end up going to Mexico and it, it happens. It, I get a contract there and a few months in, obviously things don't go as planned. Things don't go as planned, but I think you have to adjust. You have to adjust mm-hmm. sometimes. And uh, I end up uh, coming back home. And 1904 comes about again, and I signed there for another year. And yeah, I spent another year at 1904. And once I come back, uh, my final season at 1904, I hear that the Fuego's back. Uh, in my time in college, I played uh, three summers at FC Tucson uh, in what used to be the PDL. I remember one, I think it must have been my first or second season with mm-hmm. FC Tucson. We came to Fuego. We came to Fresno to play them uh, in the PDL. We played at, uh, I believe it was uh, the baseball stadium, the baseball stadium mm-hmm. here in Fresno. Yeah. And we went 2-1. I think we went 2-1. Oh. And I get, I get to score a goal. And it, obviously, it was in front of my family. It was, a, it was a great crowd. I was like, this is ridiculous. Like, this is what is now USL2. And I think there was like five, 6,000 people in a USL2 match. So I was mm-hmm. like, wow, this is, uh, this is amazing. So obviously when uh, the opportunity comes and I get the call from Fuego that, look, we're interested or, and we talk and all that. And I'm, I just go back to that moment and I'm like, you know what? I'm going to get to play in front of my family, in front of my friends. And, you know, you know, with soccer, it's like, you never know where you're going to be next year. You never know uh, mm. what, what lands for you tomorrow. So I'm like, you know what? I'm going to take this opportunity. I'm going to play in front of my family. And yeah, that's that's where I am now. I'm very happy to be here at Fuego. Obviously, uh, last season, it was a positive season. I think it was a, obviously mm-hmm. a new club. You want to lay the, lay the foundation. And I think uh, we did that last year. Uh, I think we did fall short of some targets, uh, including uh, not making the playoffs. But that's definitely something that we've uh, we've built uh, or looking to build on, and uh, so far the preseason has uh, has been positive, very positive stuff from this preseason. Yeah, no, that's a really interesting journey from <laughs> from the start of the of your career to where you're at now. And I gotta say that the part about the training and all that. I mean, I didn't play you know, at all competitively too, but I did try out for my high school team, and I had those coaches that would just make you run a lot. And I think that's where I was like. I don't think this is for me, but maybe yeah. with different mentality, right? In terms of training, you could probably get more players that maybe gave up the sport because you're like, yeah, I, I just can't run all that much, right? Or I'm not fit for this and everyone is, so I, I'm not good for it. But I'm glad that like you picked up those things and you kind of bring those back over here to the area, right? Which we'll be talking about that shortly. But I think I always say this too about, 
like just in general, anyone here in the area, especially when they go out to like LA or have had people go out to like New York and some of them come back or some of them are still over there. But the fact is like when you're over there, you're getting all this experience just being out of our area. And then when you come back, you bring back all the knowledge that you gain and you bring back also ideas, right? Of like, oh, I could do this differently too, you know, and all that too. So it's really awesome when, you know, people actually make the trip out and spend some time out of the area. So it's good that you did that and, you know, it's being reflected now and and kind of your mindset with the sport and whatnot. But I want to know a little bit more about when you make your pro debut, that first ever game to, especially with FC Tucson uh, back when that happened. Just tell me more about what that was like, because I mean, you were in a whole different atmosphere, right? This time you were playing pro and you were putting your college days aside. How was that like for you? Uh, it was, uh, I think it was a smooth transition for me. Uh, again, um, I, I like to put it how it is. And uh, for me, it wasn't that I made my debut at per se uh, a top division one uh, club or anything. Uh, for me, that's not my path. And that's okay. because. I always put it to everyone, your path is going to look different to the next one, to the next one. And mm. uh, it's unfair to compare my journey to anyone else's or or the other way around too. Um, everybody's journey is, uh, is, is, is its own journey. And uh, I think uh, there's this philosopher dude, uh, Jordan Peterson. Uh, he says the best comparison you can make is uh, to who you were yesterday. So I, I, I like that mm. a lot. It resonates a lot to me. So uh, for me, for my uh, professional debut, it wasn't, uh, uh, I think I had the right mindset. I think uh, my dad and I, we talk a lot. Uh, my dad played uh, second division in Mexico uh, when, obviously when he was younger. Uh, but that aside, I think it's always been since I was younger, we've always had conversations and we've always been um, objective. We've always mm-hmm. been objective about uh, performances, about uh, about life, about everything. And I, I'm so grateful. I'm so grateful for that relationship I have with my father. But yeah, we we always we talk about mentality a lot, and for for myself or him, we always uh, we always say like, it doesn't matter. Uh, the occasion that you're getting yourself into, you have to just be yourself. Just be yourself, and obviously, as you as you have more experience, you're going to continue to learn and improve and get better. So for me, it wasn't. Uh, I I don't think it was too much of a shock. Uh, I think there was. Uh, I was lucky. Also, I had a, a lot of good players around me. I had a, a good coaching staff. I had people around me that they wanted me to be to to improve, and most importantly, I think, like like I said, I think the attitude to uh, no matter who comes up in front of me, if I'm on the field, it doesn't matter if you've played uh, ten years there, ten years there, or mm-hmm. if it's your first game. We're in a green rectangle and we're mm-hmm. playing the same game, and I'm playing the same game I used to play at four o'clock after school uh, mm-hmm. with my friends, it's this very same game. So one, I'm going to enjoy myself because I, I love football. I enjoy it. And two, I'm going to compete because I want to win. I want to win everything. Uh, every little competition, every game I want to win. Mm-hmm. So those, if I think I try to base my mentality on those two things that I'm going to enjoy myself uh, to the max and I'm going to compete to the max 
then the rest obviously it's it's going to take care of itself well it's a good mentality to have and it's very true right like you mentioned everyone's on a different path and i think not just with the sport but just in general people get caught up so much in their careers right like you tend to compare yourself with someone else who's maybe in your same field and sometimes you know they might quote unquote be like doing better things and all that too but at the end of the day it's like we all follow our own path and eventually we can get to those like really good jobs right or at least those jobs that will make us happy and yeah. be in a similar circumstance right so i think it's it's good that you mentioned that so more people kind of realize that point as well yeah and you don't know uh i think sometimes too uh a, a lot of the times you see like ah this guy is at this place ah he's lucky oh he got lucky or whatever and it's like okay maybe maybe he did but he created his own luck too you know because mm-hmm. i think a lot of the times uh people may not see the sacrifices that x person has made to get to the position that they're in and i think that's that's with anything that's with football that's with education that's with um any any job i believe um you have to you have to create your own luck and you have to put yourself out there and like we've been saying you really have to focus on just your path and be the you try to make your path the best it can be yeah no that's that's very true well, I want to talk a little bit about soccer specifically here in, in the 209. And you've probably noticed, right, that things have really changed since you probably grew up playing to now, right? There's more opportunities. You have Academic and Sherlock now playing in League Two, right? You have USLW, the new women's league that has Stockton Cargo with Academica also with their women's team. And so I want to hear your thoughts. What are your feelings like just seeing how great it is now for you know, the new soccer players or the new generations, like how much opportunities they have and how many like training facilities are out there, right? A bunch of soccer complexes all around. Yeah, I love it, man. I love it. I completely love it. Um, I think it's awesome that uh, younger kids uh, get to see, obviously the game has since I was maybe in high school or even college or before that, uh, just growing up, uh, there wasn't, like what there is now with USL one, just soccer in general has grown so much in the, in this country. Uh, uh, kids these days have, uh, I guess there's more opportunities. There's more opportunities. And if we're to narrow it down just to our area, it's, uh, it's beautiful to see both the men's and the women's game uh, grow. Uh, I have three younger sisters. So uh, I think, uh, thinking of them, I'm always thinking of the uh, and thinking of football. I'm always thinking of the women's game too, uh, and it's awesome to see Academica and uh, Stockton uh, having uh, USLW teams. Uh, and this off season, I got to I got to coach uh, a lot of young uh, young boys and girls, and for them to be able to literally like have something tangible that they can see, maybe. Uh, on, on a on a weekend after their game they can go to to watch academica to watch uh the cargo to watch uh there's uh there's other teams there's plenty of other teams uh let's see there's Acoriano, there's there's a bunch of there's upsl opportunities there's usl2 opportunities uh in the 209 there's there's a lot there's a lot we have a, a academy opportunities uh that are popping up for the younger 
younger kids. Uh, and, and there's obviously a, a bunch of leagues that are, are now in a, there are now an opportunity for uh, boys and girls in the 209. So I think for me, it's, it, it's awesome. And it's awesome that there's uh, so many more opportunities and uh, obviously just uh, having the opportunity to work with these boys and girls. There's so much talent. There's so much talent in our area and it gets unseen sometimes, but I think, uh, uh, I'm, I'm gonna jump. I'm just gonna jump the gun here, Luis. And a quick tip that I would give to, I guess, uh, the younger crowds, the younger boys and girls, is just put yourself out there. Don't be afraid. Don't be afraid to uh, put yourself in a opportunity where maybe it, it seems that oh, this is difficult. This mm. uh, it, it's out of my comfort zone. Do it. Just do it. And if you fail, who cares? On to the next thing. I always, uh, I always tell my players, what's next. And I think uh, I had a high school group that that would joke about it. And for me, that's that's positive. I think that's positive when your players are joking about uh, things that you're saying repetitively, because that means they got the message. And I always say that what's next, because as yes, you have to be super present. That's number one. You have to be present about everything. But if you failed and we put it into soccer context, if if you fail a pass, so what you you. you Try to get the ball again and try to make a better decision. And if you made an amazing uh, Pirlo 40-yard pass, good stuff, man. Now you have to get it again, you know? <laughs> so it's uh, it, it's fun. I think it's, uh, it's fun seeing how much uh, the game has grown and the game is continuing to grow. I've had conversations uh, with a lot of local uh, presidents of clubs uh, in, in the Turlock area, in the Modesto area, in the Stockton area, in the Merced area, just about their projects, just about uh, what they're planning to do, what their project is. And definitely, I think there's room for improvement. Uh, to begin with, there is room for improvement. But I think a lot of these uh a lot of these people they have the right intentions and i think that's the most important thing to begin with uh when you have the right intentions good things can happen so i'm i'm happy i'm so happy uh for the for the future of of soccer of football in the in our 209 area and it's only going to grow. It's only going to grow. So that's that's super exciting. Well, I'm glad you mentioned the advice there about failing and, and all that too, because I mean, I could relate to it too. I tried out for JV and varsity three years, did not make it. Even the third year, I, I still went ahead and was like, you know, I'll try out for varsity. I know it's a long shot. I had to make JV, but I had a lot of fun still either way. And, you know, I didn't even stop there too. I tried to tried out for um, AX United, right? Which at the time was like the most you could really aspire to <laughs> in the yeah. area, right? There wasn't really anything other than than them. And the team just had to basically fold. I believe it was an under 16 team and there wasn't enough players, which I still can't believe to this day that they didn't have enough players, but that's what happened. So I'm like, okay, I didn't really fail there. It just didn't, <laughs> didn't really uh, make the team, but... I still went for it too. And it was a lot of fun being able to be out there training with the the teams and seeing everyone else playing because they have a bunch of different age groups and it was a great experience too. But, you know, we have really changed. It's It's been a long ways and I know we're probably going to get more teams as the years go on. And I'm really hoping a Modesto teams come, comes by, right, for USL League One. I know that awesome. there was a rumor going around that they're, Maybe it could be one, especially since 
They're moving uh, John Thurman Field for the Modesto Nuts. They're trying to move them out of uh, John Thurman Field because of requirements for the league and all that. And so they're trying to potentially have something in downtown. And I've seen renderings of what the new stadium could look like. And I mean, that would be amazing to have a League One team in Modesto. And you could only imagine how much more it would, you know, bring soccer fans in the area, make new fans and, you know, just have a really amazing thing to go to in downtown, right? And I know downtown's growing and we're getting more venues and whatnot, but can you imagine having like a sport facility there where, you know, bunch of different players from like all around the 209 can try out for can play in the u.s open cup play against all these other like division teams like it could be big for the city so i don't know if like you've heard any rumblings with your like soccer friends as well but they need to make it happen it has to <laughs> i couldn't agree more man i couldn't agree more i've uh i wish i've heard more. i wish i've like i would have heard more uh and I hope, uh, no, I don't hope. I, 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 I really think it'll happen. It'll eventually happen. I think the community uh, in in our two hundred nine area, it's it's soccer crazy. It's uh, it's crazy about soccer, uh, and but it's gonna happen. It has to happen. I think when that's the I guess the check mark to uh, cross off. But there's like there's so many people. There's so many people uh, in our area that love the sport play the sport uh follow the sport uh so i i, I know it's going to happen it's just a matter of time it's just a matter of time i suppose they need to make it happen in 10 years so that way you could go and retire with the team or maybe you could coach there that could be your <laughs> your first coaching experience maybe maybe we'll see we'll see well you're certainly already you know leading the way out and you know showing all the other players that like hey there is a path still but um, yeah, I hope that w- with the Modesto team being around, uh, the, we'll be hearing more stories like yours, right? Because they'll have that um, ability to have a team and, you know, m- make the leap locally and not have to worry about going too far for the meantime. Well, now I want to transition over to what you're doing with uh, the 209 football training. Like, Tell me more about like how that got started and just more information on it. Yeah, so I think unofficially, I guess, it got started... Uh... As soon as I graduated high school, as soon as I graduated high school, I, I, I don't know. No, I think at the time, I mean, social media was not really, I guess, what it is now. So I, I would just have friends because people in my high school knew that uh, I, I would go like I would go to school. At, I think like my mom would drop me off at five or six in the morning, like an hour, hour and a half before. And I would do my like I would train by myself for an hour, hour and a half. And then uh, the PE teachers there, they were super nice. They would allow me to go in the locker room, uh, shower, get ready for school and all that stuff. So that's another thing, super supportive. Uh, I, I think when uh, w- when you're grateful, when, when you show genuine gratitude towards other people, I think uh, people are more than keen to, to look to help you. And yeah, I think uh, a lot of my peers, a lot of... Uh, I guess the younger age groups uh, at my high school saw, saw that or knew that. Uh, and I had some freshmen, some sophomores that as soon as I graduated, they reached out to me. They were like, Hey, can you train me? Can you do this? Oh, uh, can you work with me? And I was like, yeah, let's do it. Sure. 
And there goes that. I mean, I was training guys that were two, three years younger than me. Mm -hmm. And um, obviously, I would go away to college. Uh, I would go away to um, in the summer to PDL, USL2. But every time I was back home, I would work with a few kids here, a few kids there. And then I think it was uh, last year, last year that I was like, you know what? Let's just, uh, let's make let's make this I guess if we want to put it quote unquote, uh, let's make this official. Mm-hmm. Uh, and so, so yeah, I, uh, my sisters are super helpful. They, they help me out with all the social media stuff uh, and all the, I guess what it would be like the marketing and just the paperwork, all that stuff. They help me with all that, that stuff. And that way I just try to focus on uh, being able to, I guess just connect, connect mm-hmm. with the, uh, with the players and connect with trying to give them uh, the best, re- the best training resource I can. Uh, mm. And with, uh, I guess with what I try to do, I try to same thing. I think uh, there, there's a standard, there's a standard for me and mm. uh, connecting. Like I told you the three things that I'm uh, the most passionate about, which is football, high performance and values. And with that, I think, I try to guide guide players, guide the boys, guide the girls, and make them take ownership of their own development. Because first of all, I do know that I can only work with them for uh, X amount of time. Because I'm gonna mm-hmm. go off to my to my club, which for for example, right now I haven't been able to uh, go back home uh, and uh, do some trainings for uh, for anyone in the past, maybe since preseason started. Uh, here in Fuego, but I, I I always try to if I can give them some kind of resource like look you can work on this uh, when you're on your own if if we can do some kind of activity where it's like look you can, if you get your if you get a wall if you get uh, your little brother if you if you have a soccer ball boom you can you can find a way to train and that's I think that's the message that uh, the biggest message that I. Uh, I think I want to send uh, with the training sessions uh, that I get to do uh, back home, having players take ownership of their own development, because I don't think there is, there's not a coach that can, that can force you to, to improve if you don't want to improve yourself. Mm -hmm. And I think I like with, even with the activities that they do, uh, a lot of it is just them. Like I, I obviously I guide them, uh, Mm -hmm. but I give them multiple solutions. I give them multiple options because ultimately, and a lot of this is definitely driven from the position that I play, from mm. how I view the game. Maybe sometimes you want to make a decision, but boom, last minute, I have pressure from an opponent or I have another teammate that's open or the goalkeeper is picking the grass and the goal is wide open. Mm. Why am I going to do something when I can have a different decision that I can, that is a better decision. So a lot of uh, maybe the way I, I view the game uh, right now, and I say right now because I'm I'm always learning. I'm always learning, mm-hmm. and uh, if I view the, the game the same way in five years uh, that we talk again, Luis, <laughs> I'm I, I'm gonna be. I, I, if I haven't learned anything, then then it's uh, I, I've done myself disservice. But yeah, that's 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 what I try to I guess instill into the players uh, for them to take ownership of not only their decisions on the field, but I really hope that can translate onto outside of the field where again, it's, um, it's, it's younger age groups where they're, they're developing. 
they're developing uh, as players. They are developing as people, most importantly. Mm-hmm. And I think uh, when they can see that uh, this guy that is uh, coaching them, he doesn't care that uh, he's a professional player. He doesn't care that he's your coach and he's going to talk to you however he wants. Uh-uh. That's not going to be the case. I, I want them to be, to be able to obviously trust me and talk to me in a way that they, they're going to talk to their friends. But in the same way, I'm going to push them. I'm going to mm-hmm. try to make them better. And I'm, I'm going to try to guide them more than anything because uh, ultimately they're the ones that uh, are responsible for their development. I'm, I see myself as a resource. I see myself as a resource uh, that they, that, I mean, I, I tell everyone I'm an open book. If I can help in any way, so be it. I'm more than happy to. Yeah, no, that's really awesome. That That's your way of training too. And, you know, I, I'm really glad that there's players right now that are playing in, in your league and championship that, you know, are still doing those things right now as your career is going on. Right. And, you know, maybe like when you retire, you'll probably still continue doing it right to a certain extent. But it's nice that you can have, you know, current players training future players, right? Because you're sharing some of the knowledge that you're learning through the game, right? And kind of passing on to them, right? As they start their careers, right? So it's really nice to to see that development and to see more of those players, even in the future, maybe they might want to do the same thing that you're doing, right? To continue to develop the future generation of soccer players. So great stuff, you know, keep like leading the way there because, you know, as you mentioned earlier, right? Growing up, we didn't really have all that, right? We didn't really have like like players that were currently playing because we didn't have those teams. But now that we have that, that we have more of the teams being developed around the 209, you're seeing more of those things. And that's how you grow competitive teams. And, you know, that's how you grow more of the interest in the sport in the area, right? Because people are, are seeing amazing matches and players who really play because they really enjoy the sport. Totally, totally, totally. Well, one last thing, man, before I let you go, really appreciate you, you know, spending time here on the show. But can you tell everyone where people can follow you, follow your career, and you know, see how this upcoming season goes and you know your future years? Yeah, definitely. Uh, well, first of all, Luis, thank you so much. Thank you for having me. I appreciate you, uh, um, obviously, letting me uh, be on your uh, on your podcast. Uh, I get first of all for those that are not following. Uh, and listening to your podcast, I I recommend them. I I've listened to a few, and uh, it's uh, it's it's good it's good to to know that there's there's a lot of people from different avenues uh, in our area that are that are doing positive things that are doing positive things uh, in in our community. As for where people can uh, follow me, I'm on Instagram. I'm on Twitter, mainly on Instagram. If you guys follow me there. Uh, my username is uh, Ozzy, O-Z-Z-I-E, two underbars, and Ramos, R-A-M-O-S. Uh, you guys can follow any updates there. Uh, and then you guys can follow my coaching stuff on uh, 209 Football. It's exactly that, uh, 209 Football, uh, both on uh, Facebook and uh, Instagram. And that's where uh, I'll be putting more, I guess, insights in terms of coaching, training opportunities, and just opportunities that uh, that we can connect with our community. 
Awesome. Well, yeah, thank you for sharing all that. And, you know, I'm definitely going to be making out to a, a trip out to uh, Fresno to watch you guys play. I, last season, I went to just one game, but hopefully, you know, in this upcoming season, I'm able to go to more than one game. And hopefully one day you get to play for Sac Republic too. It's one of my favorite teams, right? It's my second favorite team. Fuego is third, but I got to say Sac is my second team and it would be awesome to see you make the leap from League One to Championship and still play for a team that is still here in the Central Valley, right? That that would be really cool. So best of luck, man, and uh, can't wait to, to see you out on the pitch. Thank you, Luis. Thank you so much. Thank you again to Ozzy for being on the podcast tonight. Another inspirational episode, and we were talking offline that the last episode y'all heard, and if you haven't heard it yet, go listen to it, episode 29, my interview with Vero. They've both have been really inspirational, and it's really awesome that things worked out this way where we have back-to-back episodes where my guests are providing really awesome motivational messages to all y'all, and I'm certainly motivated myself too. And you don't have to be an athlete. You don't have to be a college student to get the same motivation. I think that their motivational messages can pretty much, you know, be adapted to anyone, whatever career you have. And uh, I really appreciate hearing them here on the podcast. And as you mentioned during the interview, Central Valley Fuego uh, plays in Fresno State Soccer Stadium. It's a really awesome venue. And if you haven't checked it out yet, go check it out. They have a really awesome games and a really good start time. Usually most of the games will start at like 7. I think they've had some maybe start at 7.30 as well. So catch a game. They have games on like Saturdays and sometimes on Wednesdays as well. And their season opener is actually going to be on March 22nd. That is going to be on a Wednesday. And they will be playing against North Carolina FC. And as we mentioned on the show, they're also going to be playing against Pachuca, which is the professional soccer team in Mexico. And they're actually the defending champions. So should be a good one. That game is happening on Saturday, March 26th. Both games are going to be at 7 p.m. And if you want to get tickets, I'm not too sure if you can still get tickets for the game against Pachuca. You would have to check on the website. but. Um, you can still get tickets for the season opener on the 22nd and and all their other home games if you visit their website, fuegofc.com. Tickets are reasonably priced, so go out there. It's worth the trip out to Fresno, wherever you're at in the 209, and you're able to watch really awesome professional soccer here in the Valley. And so we mentioned on the show, hopefully one day we'll be able to have a team from the 209 that plays in either USL League One or even USL Championship, although that is a higher division and might be a bit more tough, but we're hopeful that League One will hopefully get a team either in Modesto or Stockton. Now that Stockton has the Stockton cargo for the women's side, there could be a possibility there that we see a men's team. So just great times here for all of our future soccer players and for any soccer fans in the area who want to watch the sport because we have teams all around the 209 and we referenced some of them too but if you want to catch other teams here in the 209 we have Academica Soccer Club in Sherlock they play in a really awesome field I mean it 100% 
speaks Central Valley because they're around different agricultural fields and they have a really nice venue where they play at. And if you want to hear more of the story of them and of their general manager of Academica Soccer Club, Michael Rocha, I actually interviewed him back in the first couple episodes of this podcast. And that would be episode four is what you would search for. And you would actually be able to listen to the story of Academica Soccer Club, which has the women's team in USLW and the men's team in USL League 2 now. So really great stuff there. And if you want to watch a game in Stockton, you have the Stockton Cargo, which will be starting their season this year in May. Go check them out. They're going to be played in USLW as well. And if you want to hear the story about how they got started, Go back and listen to episode 12, where I interview their president, Lee Nevis, and he talks about how the team started and all that he has planned for the team. So really great stuff. And Lee and Michael will surely make an appearance when we start doing live shows here on the 209 Journey to tell us more about this season, what some of those games will be like, and when both their teams are going to be playing, which there's already dates for those. And those games are going to be great. I mean, it's going to be a 209 soccer classic game that will sure develop into a rivalry and maybe they're going to have a trophy and all that. So be on the lookout because on the social media, I do want to have a live show with both of them too, so they could talk about their season. So that show might be happening sometime this month in March or next month in April one of those two but i'll definitely be trying my best to have them on a live show and i'll definitely be trying my best to have that live show happen here on the 209 journey social media pages well once again thank you everyone for listening to the show and for all of your support in the show whether it's by listening to it sharing posts on social media following the pages on social media as well which you can follow at the 209 journey really thankful for that and if it weren't for y'all I wouldn't be where I'd be at now with 30 episodes and counting. I'm going to keep on going. I have something special planned for episode 50. So I'm really excited to know that I'm getting closer to that episode 50. And I'll have a little bit more details as that episode gets to be here. But if I keep on releasing episodes every week, that episode should be happening sometime this summer. So Um, be on the lookout to find out more about what it'll be about well i hope everyone has a great day or night whenever you might be listening to this and you'll hear me next week here on the 209 journey podcast